Jason introduced the idea of the seven mountains. And uh, not going to lie, I forget what all seven mountains are, but I remember which one I'm talking about. And that's the mountain of arts and entertainment. Um, so the idea behind the seven mountains is we're going to be incorporating these seven key uh, cultural indicators. We're going to be incorporating Jesus into our lives in all seven of these areas. Um, you guys may have noticed we weren't here last week. That's because my wife and I, we were on a little uh, mini, mini getaway because there are two artists out there that every time they're in town, my wife and I, we, we absolutely, we have to go see them. Uh, the first one being Eric Church, because, one, it's Eric Church. And the second one uh, is probably one of my, my favorite all-time artists, and that's Crowder. And um, that's where we were last week. I love you all, but given the choice of going to see Crowder on a weekend or leading worship here, I'm going to go worship with Crowder. Love you all, uh, but that's just an amazing experience. Uh, shameless plug for Crowder there. I should be getting paid for that. Um, but those are always two concerts that it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what day it is. We go and see him. We go see Eric Church. We go see Crowder. I think we've seen Crowder like three times now. More than enough times. He's at Winter Jam. We saw him at Malone one time. We saw him at Cleveland one time. Columbus this last time. And it, it's such an amazing, um, amazing concert. But it's funny because these two artists, Eric Church and Crowder, they have very similar, um, very, very similar music styles, right? They're both a little bit country, a little bit folksy. But yet one thing that you immediately notice is the number of people who are at each of these shows. Uh, I remember the one time we saw Crowder at Malone University, there was only maybe a, a couple hundred people there to see him. And it's not like Crowder's not a little, little band. Everyone knows who Crowder is, right? But when you go to see Eric Church, he sells out the Gundarina, and there's tens of thousands of people there. And not only is there a difference in their crowd, side, crowd size, um, sorry, I'm very distracted today. Um, there's also a very huge difference in the crowd themselves. So when you go to a Crowder concert, you notice that there's people worshiping, there's people fellowshipping, there's people with like Jesus t-shirts on, and, um, and people, they, they end up rededicating their lives to Christ through this concert. You go to an Eric Church concert, and even though there's church in the name, not quite the same people. Uh, we're, we're not gonna go into details, there's some devil's lettuce involved usually. Um, T-shirts say some, some different things. But even though these artists both have very similar music styles, the size of the crowds and the activities differ greatly. And so I want to propose a question to you, and you can either answer this or just stare at me. This can go one of two ways. We're going to find out here. Why is it that secular entertainment always seems to outperform faith-based? faith-based entertainment. Any, any idea why? No? I don't know either. I just kind of wanted to, wanted to ask that question. But the, what? I think more people live that kind of life than they do a faith-based 
That's a very good point. Christy said that more people live the secular type of life than you have people that live the faith-based. Keep saying faith-based, <laughs> faith-based kind of life, and that's a very, a very true reality. And the the funny thing is, it wasn't until 2004 that really mainstream producers discovered that there was even a market for Christian entertainment. You know, before 2004, it was just kind of like, oh, these Jesus freaks, they're not willing to go see, they're not willing to go to any concerts, they're not willing to go to any movies, or, in, or nothing like that. Do you guys know what movie came out in 2004 that kind of started to shift the way that Christians view entertainment? Passion of the Christ, exactly. In 2004, Passion of the Christ, who was that, Mel Gibson, um, released... Um, that movie, and it made a lot of money. Any idea, any guess how much money Passion of the Christ raised in domestic sales alone? $370 million Passion of the Christ brought in in U.S. domestic sales. Now, that's a lot of money, but when it's in the realm of the entertainment industry, industry, it's really not that much money. Can you guys guess right now what the number one uh, grossing movie of all time is? It's Avengers. Avengers Endgame, exactly. Endgame in U.S. sales alone brought out $858 million from the box office. The Lion King, this is the reboot, the, the, the second one, $541 million. Toy Story 4 brought out $433 million. And Captain Marvel brought out $426 million. Now, these are just the top four grossing movies of 2019. This isn't even of all time. If you look at the, the movie, the top grossing movies of all time, um, Passion of the Christ ranks in... 45th place, just above Secret Lives of Pets, fun fact. Such a great movie. Um, just above Secret Lives of Pets. So one of the greatest um, performing Christian movies is 45th, just above Secret Lives of Pets. Shrek 2 beat Passion of the Christ. And we're just talking about U.S. domestic sales. When we add in international sales, uh, Passion of the Christ came in at somewhere like $670 million. Any guess on how much Endgame has done internationally? Over $2 billion. That's billions with a B. That's a lot of money. So there's, there's no question that there is a lot of money to be made in the entertainment industry. As a matter of fact, in 2011, the combined entertainment market was worth $1 trillion. That's T with the T, trillion with the T. T with the trillion, $1 trillion. And that was in 2011. By 2021, that number is expected to double to $2 trillion. And do you guys know what the number one uh, performing segment of the entertainment market? Any guess? Sports. In 2011, sports took nearly half of that entertainment pie, uh, coming in at uh, just shy of $422 uh, million. 
So why am I throwing all these numbers at you? <coughs> throwing all these numbers at you to show you that when it comes to the entertainment industry, there is a huge market, and the market reacts to what people want to watch, what people want to see, what people want to listen to. Do you know why everybody and their mother Hide that slide, please. Do you know why everyone and their mother seems like they are coming out with superhero movies? Captain Marvel, Avengers, um, I can't even name superheroes right now. Batman, Spider-Man. Because superheroes are, are the new trend right now, right? Everyone wants to see a superhero movie. Um, and the reason that I bring up these numbers to you is because if we want to see more Christian-based entertainment, we need to be willing to consume more Christian-based entertainment. You see, there's not going to be a market for it. People aren't going to be producing this kind of entertainment if we're not consuming it, if we're not willing to go to these different concerts, to go to the movies. Did anyone see the I Can Only Imagine movie, by the way? Amazing movie. If you haven't seen that movie, I would encourage you to. And there's kind of, there's a stigma behind Christian entertainment that's like, oh, these are, you know, really low budget films that, you know, they shot with their iPhones. But anymore, technology is just now catching up to a place that you can shoot a pretty darn good movie with your iPhone if you really wanted to. You know, technology is catching up to the place where, you know, the local church down the road can put on a light show that rivals some of you know, the, the rock band shows that you would see in the 70s and 80s. And as this technology makes the entertainment market more easily entered into, we need to make sure that we're consuming good faith-based Christian programming so that that market grows. And there's also some other, uh, um, some other benefits to consuming Christian music listening to Christian podcasts, following Christian stuff on Facebook that we're going to get to in a minute. Now, the whole idea of these seven mountains is we're supposed to you know, go out and change these mountains, right? Um, not going to lie, I haven't listened to all of Pastor Jason's sermon last week. I'm sorry, I'm working on it. Um, but the idea behind these seven mountains is that we're supposed to go out through and transform these mountains into you know, something worthy of Christ. And I'm sorry if I'm about to crush somebody's dreams, but that's going to be very hard for us to do in the entertainment industry. Because it always seems that whatever the big stars are doing seems to set the trends. If Kanye West goes out and buys a pair of sneakers, or I'll use a better example, LeBron James comes out with a pair of sneakers, everybody wants a pair of LeBrons because... It's LeBron. You want his shoes, right? And while it would be so much easier if we had Christians at the top of that um, popularity hierarchy to change that culture, the numbers, when you look at them, they don't really support that hypothesis because odds are nobody in this room is going to be famous. I tried didn't work. Um, but if you look at it, the chances of becoming famous, uh, a famous sports player, and you can go ahead and flip to that next, next slide now. 
if you played your sport in high school, so if you played basketball in high school, you have a one in 11,771 shot of making it to the pros. That's if you played the sport in high school. I didn't play basketball in high school, so my chances are a lot less likely that I'm going to be a famous basketball player. If you played soccer in high school, you had a 1 in 5,768 5, shot of making it to the pros. If you played football in high school, like I did, I had a 1 in 4,233 shot of making it to the pros. I'm still here, so I didn't make it. If you played baseball in high school, your chances are a whole lot better. One out of every 659 people who played baseball in high school make it to the pros. And last but not least, if you play hockey, you have the greatest chance of making it to the pros. One in 598 high school players go on to play pro. So this includes um, like major and minor leagues. So it includes um, like AAA baseball. Basically, you're getting paid to play baseball. So it's not like the MLB and it's not like the NHL level numbers there. If you don't play a sport, you're going to have an even harder time trying to get famous. Um, it's said that most famous actors, let's assume most famous actors speak English, right? I don't know of any French-speaking famous actors, right? So assuming that we're looking at just English-speaking, 0.04% of English-speaking people are famous. So we're probably not going to be able to transform the arts and entertainment industry by becoming a famous actor. If you want to become a famous musician, your chances are even less likely. We're looking at a 0.00001% chance of becoming a famous musician. And they say your chances double if you're attractive. So you have a 0.00002% chance of being a famous musician if you're attractive. I'm going to say that I'm attractive, but just the odds aren't in my favor. So I'm probably not going to be a famous musician. You know, the best chances that you have nowadays of becoming famous is actually to become a famous YouTuber. If you don't know what a YouTuber is, find your kid, find your grandkid. They'll be able to tell you. Um, but it's said that seven out of every 1,000 channels on YouTube hits one million subscribers. Kind of like the standard for being a famous YouTuber. If you get a, a million subs, you get this nice little like play button. They send you a plaque. Um, it's actually kind of cool. I watched a guy cut it in half. It was it was pretty pretty astounding. He probably got another like three million subscribers, and YouTube sent him another plaque for cutting it in half. But that's okay. Um, so again, so if you want to become famous, become a YouTuber. That's your best chances. And I'm sorry if I crushed anyone's hopes and dreams in this room, but chances are none of us are going to become famous. Uh, but I wanted to be able to give real advice on how we can transform the mountain of arts and entertainment. And the bottom line is the arts and entertainment mountain of all of the um, mountains that we're going to talk about, everything that we're going to hear about, arts and entertainment is probably one of the most important simply because it can have such a huge impact on our mood. What we listen to, what we watch, what we read, it can really start to transform our minds. 
can transform our mindsets. Has anyone ever noticed that you're driving in the car and if you're listening to uh, some light, happy, like, classical music, you're in a good mood. You're like, yeah, this is a, you're in a pretty good mood. But if you're driving in your car and you're listening to Murder Train and all of a sudden you, you're, you just are instantly in a really bad mood. You see, the arts and the entertainment, they're designed to go at our emotions and create a response off of that. And that's why it's so important as Christians that we do everything we can to limit what we consume, but also make sure that we're creating a market for people to create Christian-based content. The bottom line is when it comes to arts and entertainment, money talks. If a TV show doesn't have a good rating, it's going to get canceled because advertisers aren't going to want to advertise on it. Uh, record companies, they don't sign people who they don't think are going to sell records because they're not going to make money off of those record sales. No one in Hollywood does anything that they think is going to lose them money. But by consuming Christian-based content, we're proving that there is a market for this, that you know what, you execs in Hollywood that only care about making money, we are willing to listen to this. We are willing to consume this. So start signing more bands like Crowder and keep Eric Church, but stop signing new, new bands like Eric Church. There's another benefit to consuming Christian-based content. Um, and that's the simple fact. Has anyone ever heard that what goes in comes out? So kind of like what we were talking about earlier, how if you're listening to happy music, you're going to have happy thoughts. If you're listening to murder train music, you're going to have murder train thoughts. Um, listening to Christian music does three different things. The first is it promotes our faith. Uh, gospel music represents the benefits and ideology of Christian faith. Through its rising popularity in mainstream culture, it promotes widespread spiritual enlightenment and praise of God. Its lyrics um, bring forth hope, love, and devotion in listeners. Whether a song is about what God has done for humanity or what you can do to spread his word, listening to Christian music is a wonderful way to nurture your spirituality. Uh, did anyone, anyone know who Lauren Daigle is? She sings. She's a pretty popular artist right now. She actually went on Ellen. Not a very, not very Christian-based uh, Christian programming. And she sang Wake Up Child, a song about God coming and waking up your life. If God can use one person like that appearing on Ellen and singing a song and somebody goes through, that will reach so much more people than anything that you know, I can say from this pulpit, anything that Pastor Jason can say from this pulpit. So we really need to be supportive of these people who have been given this gift by God who are able to reach I bet you she literally was able to reach millions of people by appearing on the Ellen show. And the sad thing is that there were so many Christians that were blinded by envy and jealousy that they actually ridiculed her for going on Ellen in the first place. I think we need more people who are willing to take their gift and share it with the world in a positive Christian light. More on that in a little bit. The second thing that Christian music does, it inspires the soul. How many of you guys have ever felt unsure of your place in the world? 
um, listening to gospel music will remind you of your significance as one of God's creations. Um, for positivity and inspiration, you need to stay motivated. Turn to Christian music. It empowers audiences by rejuvenating the mind and soul. If you ever flip on the fi- if you're ever in a bad mood in the car, flip on the fish. All of a sudden, you go from listening to whatever you're listening to to songs talking about how you're a child of God, songs talking about the greatness of God, um, you know, songs that are just plain old worshipful, and then it turns your mood around like that. And then the last thing Christian music does, and this is actually scientific, has to do with rhythm and everything. Uh, Christian music, most of it, most of it will soothe the body. Uh, most gospel songs have a slow, peaceful melody which alleviates weariness and relaxes the body. Probably, if you're listening to Skillet, may not apply. Um, Skillet's, Skillet? You don't know who Skillet is? It's like real heavy, like, good, good headbanging music. Skillet's great. Listen, if you have to get like pumped up for something, if you, I don't know, have to get pumped up to put your kid to bed, throw some Skillet on, and you're going to be like, ah, ready to go. Um, but if you need, you know, some nice, relaxing music, don't turn Skillet on because it's not, <laughs> not going to relax. You listen to Skillet, you'd probably like them. Skillet's for grilled cheese. <laughs> he said Skillet's for grilled cheeses. Skillets are, in fact, for grilled cheeses, but Skillet also makes really good music. <laughs> listen, Skillet's another one of those bands that. Um, you know, Skillet performs a lot at secular music avenues. And, you know, it's amazing because there's a, there's a joke in, um, you know, the music industry that if you can't make it in the mainstream music industry, just put out Christian-based songs and you have a better chance. But see, Skillet does the exact opposite. Skillet is able to make it in the mainstream music industry. And I don't know if you've ever been to a um, you know, winter jam or something where Skillet plays, they flat out preach the gospel. And they do the same thing at non-Christian music festivals. In the middle of their set, they're preaching the gospel. They're speaking truth to people who would otherwise never hear that. So again, if we're being supportive of these people, listening to them on Spotify, buying their CDs, buying their albums, watching their videos on YouTube, that's just going to um, enable them to do more. So Skillet is not the devil prior to what some people say. Um, yeah. Is he looking, are you looking up Skillet? <laughs> maybe, probably not appropriate for altar call, but maybe after <laughs> altar call, we'll throw some Skillet on for some people to listen to. All right. Um, And then to, oh, I had a scripture for that. Can you pull up that scripture real quick? Um, and if you guys are, are sitting here thinking, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, my music doesn't affect my mood, doesn't affect my mind or anything. We can look at this straight from the word of God. Um, this is Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So this is 
the Word of God telling us that we should be focusing on things that are lovely, pure, commendable, excellent. We should be focusing on those things instead of the things of the world. So if we're, you know, I want to challenge you to flip your radio to 95.5 The Fish. Um, Spotify, if you, one of their main um, section headings is Christian music. On your way to work, put on your Spotify, Christian music. On Facebook, how many of you guys have Facebook? Follow some Christian groups on Facebook. Um, you know, a lot of the, the music people out there, they post daily little reminders about our Christian faith that can keep us on track. If you're on Instagram, same thing. Uh, follow some of these, um, you know, Beth Myers. Um, I can't think of anybody famous preachy-wise right now. Um, Stephen Furtick. Follow some of these guys. They're constantly posting daily reminders of the truth of the gospel, and it will transform the way that you go about your day, seeing that reminder pop up on your Facebook feed. You're scrolling through Facebook, drama, 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 drama. Jesus loves you. Whoa, it's amazing. I guarantee it'll change your life. Um, and the bottom line is this, is God uses his spirit in people to create art. Um, if you go to Exodus 31, uh, verse 2, we'll read about God pouring his spirit into somebody to create the original tabernacle. Um, this is Exodus 31. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name... I meant to ask you how to say this name before we started, but I forgot. Um, Bezel, is that right? Close enough. Close enough. Bezel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, in the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for setting and carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed him with Olib, the son of Ashamash, of the tribe of Dan, and I have given men the ability that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that it is on, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, the pure lampstand with all its utensils, the altar of incense, and altar of burnt offerings, and all of its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons for their service as priests, and the anointing oil that the fragrance for the holy place, or according to all I have commanded you, they shall do. So God uses his spirit, in this case, to give Bezel, the son of Uri, the ability to create these beautiful, wonderful works of art, these works of worship, to be placed in the tabernacle. Um, and again, in Exodus 35, more artists were called to make these pieces that would fill the tabernacle. Uh, let every skillful craftsman young, uh, I'm sorry, let every skillful craftsman among you come and make the things the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, its tent and its coverings, its hooks and its frames, its bars, its pillars and its bases. The ark with its poles, the mercy seat and the veil of the screen, the table with its poles and all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also for light with its utensils and its lamps and the oil for light, and the altar of incense and its poles and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense and the screen for the door, at the door of the tabernacle, 
the altar of burnt offering with its grating of bronze, its poles and its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of its courts, the pillar and its bases, the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle and the pegs of the court, and their cords, and finally the worked garments ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of the sons for the service of the priest. Whew. So God is calling artists to make all of these things, which I think is just proof that God loves beautiful things. You know, this wasn't just, uh, he didn't ask me to make the candle stand for the tabernacle. I probably could have done it, but it's not going to be beautiful. He asked artists to do this so that they can make a wonderful work of art for all this. And I would even argue that we are works of art created by God himself. Uh, Psalm 139 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. So even us as people, we are being created. We are being knitted. I love seeing people knit things because you start with just this ball of yarn. Then they just sit there and they start working and working and working. And next thing you know, there's a huge blanket and you're sitting there. You're like, what a work of art that was. You created this very useful thing out of nothing. And uh, same thing that God does. You know, he creates this very useful thing out of nothing. You know, God, when he first made human, he made it out of the dust of the earth. He created the entire world out of nothing. If that's not proof that God loves beautiful things. Or what is. God loves beautiful things. God created beautiful things. Um, and we can use the spirit of God that he puts in us to create beautiful things of arts and entertainments that glorify him um, and that share Christian faith and Christian values. Um, so I, you know, I mentioned earlier that if you're ever feeling if you're in a bad mood in the card, turn on Christian music. I want to challenge everybody. Because uh, I did this myself when you know, I was a, a young, younger believer. I stopped listening to secular music in the car and started listening only to Christian radio. And that alone took me into such a deeper place with God because I was no longer um, you know, constantly being blasted by messages of this world, but I was constantly being surrounded by songs that proclaim the truth. I want to challenge you guys to do that. I want to challenge you guys, if you're on Facebook, talk to me. Um, we're going to find some, some good groups for you to follow of um, you know, believers who you know, post the truth, who post scripture every day, who posts beautiful works of art, beautiful poems. If you're on Instagram, find some Christian artists that take pictures and put captions on their pictures. It can 100% transform your mind. It can transform the state of faith that you're in. Um, the more that we surround ourselves with the truth of the gospel in our lives, the better that we will be equipped to go about our calling. And that's all I have to say about that. That was really quick. You guys are probably thankful for that. Um. <laughs>
But before we finish here, uh, I do want to back off a minute just to say that we are works of art made in God's image. And if you can just play some music quietly in the background. Except for Skillet. We are all beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully made. And I just want to encourage you, if there's anybody out there who has doubts about that, you need to connect with God. You need to cut yourself off from what the world is telling you because the devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil wants you to think you're ugly. The devil wants you to think you're worthless. The devil wants you to think that you have no business being here. But that's not the truth. You need to cut off that line of thought. You need to cut off all of that influence coming into your life. And most importantly, you need to talk directly to the Father himself, and you need to hear it from him. And you know, I truly believe that this altar, you know, to a lot of people, this looks like an old, crummy cafeteria stage. Um, you know, it's not much. It's fallen a place in some it's fallen apart in some places. But when we come here on Sunday, this is the altar of God. This is the place where you can come and you can meet him face to face and you can pray um, be with him. You can experience him. And the truth is, our altar, we can take it with us everywhere we go. But if you don't know what that feels like and you've never experienced it, this altar right here is going to be the perfect place to start. So to, before we dismiss, if I can, everyone, uh, just bow your heads. Just take on um, the attitude of reverence. I want to pray with anybody who has maybe started to believe the world instead of what God says you are. And, um, you know, I'm not going to force you to come up here, but if you want to come up here, there are plenty of people here today who would love to pray with you uh, and just share the love that Christ has for us. So Heavenly Father, God, uh, we just come before you, Lord, and we just pray that you would just help us block out uh, the negativity of this world, God. Lord, I just pray that you would just help us surround our lives with your truth, God. Lord, that if um, anyone in here doesn't believe their value in you, God, that you would just, uh, just start to show them what it means to be a child of God. Uh, Lord, I also just want to pray, if anybody here doesn't know you, God, um, that you would just continue just to reveal yourself to them, Lord. And if um, there's anybody here who has no idea what I'm talking about, who's never had a relationship with Christ, I want to invite you. Today is the perfect day to start a personal relationship with Him. So if that's you, if you don't know Jesus, but this conversation kind of perked your interest a little bit and you want to get to know Him better, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray us out real quick, and we'll be dismissed. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your spirit. We thank you for being here with us today, God, Lord. 
Um, I just pray that we can just take just the, the arts and the entertainment industry, God, um, specifically the Christian uh, aspect of that, and just apply it into our lives, Lord. God, I pray that um, we just start listening to good influences um, and that we can just kind of be revealed to us just your goodness through the arts and the entertainment, God. Lord, we lift you up and we praise you and give you thanks for everything that you've done today. Um, and specifically, we just pray for travel mercies for Jen and Jason on the way back uh, from visiting Becca and Robert, God. We pray all these things in your son, Jesus, in his precious name. Um, don't forget, next week, right after church, we'll have our congregational meeting. Please plan on being here for that. Lots of information coming. Um, so other than that, we'll see everybody again next week. Thank you so much for being with us.